This presentation was from Yox Australia 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit yoxaustralia.com.au. It gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce Elise to the stage. She's going to be talking about searching for consistency amongst people and how they behave. Yeah. All right. Please join me in welcoming Elise to the stage. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome, and thanks so much for coming to my talk, The Search for Consistency in Seemingly Irrational Behaviour. I'm Elise. I'm a UX consultant at the U1 Group, and I'm here to talk to you today about an emerging area of research in social psychology called behavioural spillover. Now, in 2015, I finished my PhD in social psychology, the topic of which was exactly what I'm going to talk to you about today. So, needless to say, it's something that I'm very knowledgeable about and passionate about, and I think it's an area which has a really great potential for adoption within the UX industry. So, the aim of my talk today is firstly to introduce you to the concept of behavioural spillover, to get you to understand how it works, and to also to get you to think about uh, how we might apply this, uh, this area of research when we're conducting research with users and also designing with uh, user behaviour in mind. So let me ask you guys a question, and hands up if you've ever been in this situation. So you're trying to be healthy, and maybe you do some exercise, so you go for a run or you go to the gym, only to reward yourself with an ice cream or another indulgent treat later in the day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, what about this scenario? You're trying to save money and you've been doing really well. You're saying no to that smashed abo on toast, but then <laughs> you impulse buy a latest piece of technology or a fashionable item of clothing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so what's going on there? Um, and on the other hand, when we do act consistently with what we're trying to achieve, what makes those behavioural decisions different? So that's what I'm going to be talking to you about today. I'm going to demonstrate that when users don't act in line with their goals or self-interest, they might not be acting irrationally or randomly. It could be due to this thing called negative spillover instead. And if we want to understand, predict and perhaps design for consistency, then we need to think about this thing called positive spillover. But before I get into all that, uh, let's go back to the beginning. I'll explain how I got here. So when I embarked on my PhD research, I wanted to save the planet. I wanted to be Captain Planet, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but I wanted to find out you know, what motivates people to be environmentally friendly. But more specifically, what makes people not only perform one pro-environmental behaviour, but perform a lot of them? And beyond that, I wanted to understand that, you know, what makes people, uh, even though they say they care about the environment, not, not act in a way that's consistent with that? Now, there was a lot of research already about these sort of behavioural trends, and the term spillover had, you know, been popping up here and there, but what was lacking was this, um, you know, the mechanism behind how this kind of thing happens, and that's where my research uh, came in. So to start with, I, I had to understand the motivations behind behaviour, what, behavior, what influences behaviour. Uh, and the answer to that is you know, a lot of things. A lot of things influences behaviour. But one really big one is goals. 
The reason being is that, you know, we generally expect that individuals behave in a rational way. That is, we assume that their actions are driven by some sort of desired outcome or desired future state, so their behaviour is therefore goal-driven. So when I talk about goals, what I mean to say is that they're a um, mental representation of a desired future state. They can be something really abstract, really lifelong, like I have a goal to be a good person, or I have a goal to be financially secure. Or they can also be really simple, concrete, everyday minor things, like I have a goal to eat a snack because I'm hungry, or I have a goal to cuddle my dog Jones because she's cute and fluffy. So goals can be really easily identified in ourselves and others, or they might be a bit harder to determine. <laughs> so I knew that goals were important, and then I wanted to know, okay, well, why might individuals act inconsistently with these goals? And then when can we expect and therefore perhaps encourage consistency? The potential answer lied in this phenomenon called behavioural spillover. So the definition of behavioural spillover is when the performance of one behaviour influences the performance of another related behaviour. And these behaviours are related via a shared goal. There are two kinds of spillover, positive spillover and negative spillover. And I'll explain both of these using the example of a goal of keeping or getting in shape. Positive spillover is when performing one goal-related behaviour increases the likelihood of performing another behaviour that's related to that same goal. So let's say you're at work and you choose your, your lunch. You have the option of, you know, maybe a more unhealthy choice, like a burger or something, or a healthy kale salad. And you're trying to be healthy, so you choose a kale salad. You get home from work and you're faced with, oh, what can I do after work? You can go to the gym or you can sit on the couch and binge the latest Netflix show. Uh, but, you know, you're trying to be healthy, so you decide to go to the gym. Here, there's been a positive spillover between the healthy behaviour at lunch and the healthy, healthy behaviour after work. On the flip side, we have negative spillover, which is when performing one goal-related behaviour decreases the likelihood of performing another behaviour that's related to that same goal. So, again, you make the healthy choice of the kale salad at work, but then when you get home, you decide on the Netflix over the gym. So here there's been a negative spillover between your behaviour at lunch and your behaviour after work. So like I mentioned before, I don't just want to introduce you to this spillover concept, I want you to understand how it works. So I'm now going to explain to you the mechanism uh, behind spillover. Now this mechanism is what I proposed and found evidence for in my PhD research and it came about from combining a, a couple of different well-founded behavioural theories and applying that to a spillover context. So the way that I conceptualised spillover uh, was via this goal behaviour framework. Uh, so this is hierarchically structured and here you have a goal up the top, what's called a superordinate goal. And that's simply the overarching or overall goal. So keeping with our example, keeping or getting in shape is an example of a superordinate goal. Below that, you have the sub-goals, which are simply more tangible, broken-down aspects of the superordinate goal. So, for example, fitness and healthy eating might be sub-goals of getting in shape. Below that, you have what's called the means of achieving the goal. So these are simply the behaviours that you can do to achieve your goals. 
So for example, we have under the sub goal of fitness, maybe going for a run, doing weights at the gym, uh, under healthy eating, eating a healthy lunch, healthy dinner, etc. So how does this help us explain spillover? Well, the mechanism by which a positive spillover occurs is when the behaviours are mentally connected to one another via the superordinate goal or sub-goal. And this is uh, most likely to occur when the goal is either really important to the person and so they're thinking about it all the time, or it's at the top of their mind at the time of the second or subsequent action. So here we have when going for a run is mentally connected to eating a healthy dinner via the goal of keeping in shape, that then we would expect a positive spillover. Similarly, it also works with the sub-goal in mind. So if going for a run is mentally connected to doing weights at the gym via the sub-goal of fitness, then we also might expect a positive spillover here. Now, the reason for this is when the behaviours are mentally linked in this way, they're seen as complements. They're seen as complementary to achieving the goal. So they're both considered necessarily performed for goal achievement. So going for a run and healthy eating are complementary behaviours. I need to do both to achieve my goal. And we don't go around saying this out loud to ourselves, but it's sort of what's kind of going on. On the other hand, uh, when we conceptualise negative spillover, this occurs when there's an absence of the mental link to the behaviours and the superordinate or sub-goal. So the behaviours are still seen as similar in, in some way, but when the goal isn't prominent in the person's mind, they can be seen as substitutes for one another, not complements. Now, there are two main theories as to why this occurs. The first is called licensing. And it's when you use one goal-related behaviour as an excuse or that licences you to do uh, to not do the second. So I went for a run, therefore I deserve this cake. And this theory originated from a concept uh, called moral licensing, which is sort of came about when researchers were attempting to explain why uh, people, even though they might try to be good most of the time, sometimes made moral transgressions. And the theory suggests that, you know, even though people try to be good, sometimes they use their consistently good behaviour or a particularly nice thing that they've done recently as an excuse for their moral transgression. And you see the same effect even when it's not being moral as the goal. It's fitness, it's finance, it's whatever. Another potential explanation uh, for this negative spillover is, what, is what's called a contribution ethic which is when it's the feeling of doing one's fair share by just doing one goal-related behaviour, uh, and this actually then uh, dis disregards the other goal-related behaviours. So it's different to moral licensing because where in moral licensing one behaviour is used as an excuse not to do another, uh, in a contribution ethic you do one goal-related behaviour and therefore your goal is achieved or being sufficiently achieved and you don't even think about other behaviours as being goal-relevant anymore. So I went for a run, uh, therefore I'm doing enough to be keeping in shape. And then you see lollies later in the day, uh, you know, hooray, they're delicious and they don't, they're not considered as goal relevant. So why might this be important to UX? Well, when you work in UX, of course you want to uh, understand and enhance the user experience, but sometimes you also want to uh, predict uh, why users uh, behave the way they behave, and sometimes you also want to encourage them to behave in certain ways. So 
using this concept of behavioural spillover, you therefore might be able to predict a user's goal and then encourage them to act consistently with it and also understand why inconsistency may occur. I'm now going to talk through a couple of examples from social psychology literature uh, to really highlight these behavioural consequences of spillover. So a research uh, study in 2010 uh, looked at the goal of acting morally. And they had uh, individuals perform a moral behaviour by uh, purchasing environmentally friendly items at a grocery store. And of course, some did the same thing, but they just purchased uh, other products. Later in the day, uh, these same participants had the opportunity to lie and steal. And what the researchers found was that performing that moral act earlier in the day uh, led to an increased instance of lying and stealing compared to those who hadn't performed that moral behaviour. Now, when I say lying and stealing, they didn't rob a bank or anything. <laughs> it was just a game where they could um, lie about how well they did or uh, not share as much uh, with their partner in the game as they could have. So another... Um, research study in 2010 looked <laughs> at the goal of being healthy. And in this study, uh, individuals uh, ate some food, and that food was framed as being healthy or being tasty. And then later in the day, the same people were given the opportunity to eat some junk food snacks. And what the researchers found was that those who ate the food framed as healthy ate more junk food snacks later in the day compared to not only those who ate the same food that was just framed as being tasty, but also people who hadn't eaten the food earlier in the day. So there's a negative spillover here for the health-related behaviours. So now for a research example of positive spillover. So in 2012... Um, some researchers looked at the goal of being environmentally friendly. They found uh, they also got individuals to purchase um, some environmentally friendly items or not. And then later in the day, they measured how uh, willing these people were to accept a proposed wind power farm in their area. And what they found was that those who performed the pro-environmental behaviour earlier were more likely to accept the wind power farm in their area compared to those who didn't perform that goal-related behaviour earlier. So for my own research, uh, my PhD, uh, I also looked at spillover between environmentally friendly behaviours. I also had individuals uh, buy some environmentally friendly items or not. And then later on, I gave them the opportunity to either donate money to an environmental charity or donate time to an environmental charity. And what I found was that there was a positive spillover between those who purchased some environmentally friendly items and uh, were more likely to donate money to an environmental charity. What was interesting, though, was that this uh, effect wasn't replicated for time. So those who uh, bought environmentally friendly items were not more likely to uh, spend time, donate time to an environmental charity later. And this effect was replicated in three separate studies. So what uh, I concluded was that it was this perceived behavioural similarity uh, that facilitated the positive spillover. So it was the fact that the uh, behaviours had a shared resource, which was spending money in order to be green, which enabled that positive spillover. So bringing this back to how this kind of works in our everyday life. So let's say you have a goal, uh, and like I said before, that can be any goal. You work towards that goal over time, and sometimes you act consistently with it, and sometimes you don't. 
Uh, keeping with our health example, you know, sometimes you might go for a run, the next day you go to the gym, you eat healthily, but then sometimes you decide to get some cheeky mackers. Um, and that's negative. So there's positive spillover occurring between the run and the diet and all that sort of stuff, negative between the McDonald's. And it's not, it doesn't mean you're not going to achieve your goal. It's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much, but it's just an example of how we can sometimes act consistently and inconsistently. So we can expect negative spillover or inconsistency to occur when there's no or a weak connection between the behaviours to their overall goal. And this uh, is most likely to happen when the, when the goal isn't important to the person or it's not at the top of their mind at the time of that subsequent behaviour. In this case, behaviours are then seen as substitutes for one another and can be explained by contribution ethic or licensing. And how might this apply to, to design? Well, I've looked and found an example of where I think a design actually, or some marketing really, actually encourages negative spillover. And this is in the way that Afterpay is um, positioned to users. So for those who don't know, Afterpay is an online payment service that uh, instead of paying for an item up front, you pay it in instalments over time. And it's possible, you know, that online retailers are kind of aware that people might have a goal of saving money. So they might, you know, buy fewer items or ignore add-ons, things like that. So what the positioning of Afterpay does is it acknowledges the goal, but it downplays its importance and uses licensing language to encourage goal-inconsistent behaviour. So you probably can't read the subject line of this email, but it says, broke but strongly support treating yourself, meet Afterpay. Similarly, the ad that I found for it has, you know, indulge now, pay later. It's using this licensing language to encourage inconsistency. On the other hand, positive spillover, so consistency, we can expect that when there's a strong connection between the behaviours to the overall goal. And this is likely when the goal's important or top of mind. In this instance, behaviours are seen as complementary to one another. And my own research found that perceived behavioural similarity can also play a part in this. So when behaviours are seen as similar to another in one way, the way I found was via a similar or shared resource. And a good example, uh, what I found that of a user experience that encourages positive spillover is the MyFitnessPal app. So here, the superordinate goal, so fitness, um, is clearly broken down into its relevant sub-goals, and users can input their goal-consistent behaviour as they do them. There's also an emphasis on the additive nature of uh, behaviour, which, in my mind, I think would encourage positive spillover. So... What can you take away? In a nutshell, when users don't act in line with their goals it doesn't, uh, and they're being inconsistent, it doesn't necessarily mean they're being irrational uh, or random. It could be an artefact of this negative spillover process. Now, as I showed you before, I guess you can design uh, with negative spillover in mind, but I think that's not necessarily an ethical thing to do, um, which is great that I've followed the, the talk. From Ash, that's great. Um, definitely keep that in mind with, with this sort of information. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you want to design for consistency, uh, you know, and help sort of users make informed decisions and remind them of their goals, uh, you design for positive spillover. And so you ensure that the user is reminded of their goal at the point of their second or subsequent action. Uh, you can frame the behaviours as being uh, complementary 
and also consider ways to make behaviours seem uh, similar to one another as well. But there's also some ethical considerations for this, of course, like that what was just talked about. Thank you. Thanks, Liz. I'll let you ask one quick question, Matt. Thanks, Elise. Wonderful. Uh, my question was about your research. When you offered participants the opportunity to take up either on a donation to um, a cause or perform some activity uh, commensurate with that cause, mm -hmm. were they being required uh, when they offered money to actually spend their own money or were they hypothetically asked if they would spend money? Um, it, was, it was hypothetical uh, to an extent. So what I had was a uh, letter from... So two of my studies were with um, uh, university participants. And so for those, I had um, someone come into the room after they completed their tasks and sort of done some other stuff um, and say that they were from student services and they had a survey of uh, the increasing the student fees and to, for the purpose of... Um, you know, making the university greener, called the Green University Scheme. And so it was them, they could then nominate an amount of how much they were willing to pay as a fee increase. Um, and then for my other study, I had, um, it was a sort of, yeah, a hypothetical charity donation task where they could uh, donate to a green charity, but there was also a whole bunch of other charities they could uh, allocate their money to, uh, which wasn't their money it was hypothetical, but also I had the, they had the option of spending it on themselves as well. So we tried to, uh, you know, simulate behaviour as much as we could. But yeah. Thanks very much, Liz. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Yorks Australia 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit yorksaustralia.com.au.